Jason Webster is an author, travel writer, novelist, originally from the United States, grew up in England, now based in Valencia, Spain, where we are right now, sitting on a street, and you can hear some of the kids uh, <laughs> trying on their cue. plate. On cue. That's right, because whenever we turn the microphone on, it attracts all sorts of noise. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. I'd like to talk about this wonderful, colorful city. From your perspective as a writer and someone who travels and writes about it, and also you've, you've set some of your recent novels in the city, so please yeah. take over. I'm writing a series of crime novels, having written some non-fiction books, travel books for a while. And the crime novels are set here in Valencia. I've been living in the city for about 12 years. My wife is Valencian. My two little boys were both born here, so I'm gone as native as you can, I think. So it's a very, very colourful city, as you were mentioning a few minutes ago. It's on the Mediterranean. It's the third biggest city in Spain. It's largely been overlooked, I think, both by foreigners and by the Spanish themselves. Valencia has a tendency of always picking the wrong side in any civil war in Spain. And there, there have been plenty. I mean, we always, you know, we know about the Spanish Civil War, but, you know, in the 19th century there were three other civil wars. Uh, and there were plenty more in the 18th century, etc., etc. And I say Valencia often, almost always takes the wrong side, picks the losing side, which means that the victor always has this sort of idea of he, that he has to punish the city. When I first came around the year 2000, you could still sense that. You could still sense a city that really had been punished by Franco for having taken the wrong side in the Civil War. It was actually the capital of the Republic for about a year during the Civil War. This is where Hemingway and all those guys, all the people who were reporting, all those famous reporters from the Republican side, they were based here in Valencia. So they're punished in a sense what? That the government yeah, money on that's them? it. That's yeah, it. So okay. you'd, you'd walk around the city centre and a lot of it felt very forlorn. A lot of buildings looked like they were about to fall down or had fallen down. Lots of empty spaces where buildings had once been. And the whole place looked like it needed a, a lick of paint and some, you know, TLC, really. And that's what it got about eight, ten years ago. They started investing some money, doing all the stuff that really it, it, it needed, and started building some spectacular new contemporary buildings as well, art museums and, and, and a big opera house and what have you. And the Science Center is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. all done by a local architect called Calatrava, who is one of the, you know, he's now one of the biggest architects in the world. He's doing one of the sites at Ground Zero in, in, in New York. You know, he's a, he's a big name, and he's also a local boy. So it was kind of, you know, a way of putting... Valencia on the map using local talent, etc., etc. It's sort of backfired on them because they've now run out of money and there's been a lot of corruption, a lot of you know fingers in the till. So the city is now totally bankrupt. But we've got some nice pretty buildings to look at that we didn't have before. I visited the Valencia Library, which is located in a, in a beautiful monastery that yes. was then converted into a prison. That's right. I live very close by. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. And in fact, that's one of the concerns, I think, is that they, they put money into renovating the building in a beautiful way, but there doesn't seem to be much left over for presenting the, uh, the books that are there. That's it. I mean, I know they're trying to digitalize the books there, and a friend of mine is one of the photographers who's doing that job, but I mean, I, I don't even know if she's got a job anymore. I need to, because there have been so many cuts recently. It's a shame. It's a shame because it's really, and it is a great city. It's a fantastic city. It could, e it could be even more fantastic. It could be even greater than it is. But there's a sort of self-destructive tendency here. Kenneth Tynan, the great British drama critic, he wrote a fantastic, very witty article about 40 years ago about Valencia. And he 
dubbed it the world capital of anti-tourism. Said it was just kind of grubby. You walked into a restaurant and asked for a cup of coffee, and they didn't serve you. If they gave you the coffee, it was came in a cracked, dirty cup, and all this kind of stuff. And it said for him, he loved that because that backlash against mass tourism was already kicking in, and he was sort of at the vanguard of that. And he just said to anybody, look, if you want to get away from all these bits of the Mediterranean that have been yeah. taken over by lots and lots of tourists, come to Valencia because you're not going to find a single tourist here. It's just, authentic. Yeah, it's authentic, yeah. And, and it was. In a kind of negative way. I mean, he was being very tongue-in-cheek. But, you, yeah, you could still, as I say, when I got here, you could still sense some of that. You know, that just kind of, they're getting on with their own thing. They don't really care about tourists that much. I mean, yeah. even now, it's like, well, you and I, we've just been to, you know, the Blasco Ibanez Museum, and it says one thing on the on the website about what's on offer, and then you get there, and it's not quite what they bill it as, you know. Although it's certainly a place to visit for uh, anyone who's interested in literature. I think it's quite well done. Well, Blasco Ibanez is probably the most important writer to emerge from Valencia, I should think. I mean, yeah. given the popularity of things like Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse and, you know, other great novels of his that got turned into Hollywood movies, some of them, I think, got turned into movies more than once, actually. So he's, you know, hugely well-known and, and probably Valencia's most famous son, I should yeah. think. It's interesting you should quote Tynan uh, about the place being a bit kind of run down and shabby because walking around this very Cartier, if you will, this morning... I was just uh, really impressed by the diversity of colors and textures yeah. on the walls. Yeah, absolutely. Within within about a four or five square block area, I must have seen hundreds of colors yeah. and, and textures. And even if it is a tiny little bit shabby, it's beautiful. It's great. It's, it's great. alive. You know. This is the Cabanal. We're at the, in the heart of an area known as the Cabanal. And it's the old fisherman's quarter of Valencia. Right. Right. And what's typical in this neighborhood are old buildings, fairly old, about maybe 80 or 100 years old. And um, they are often tiled with these beautiful uh, colored, like white and blue or white and green yeah. um, tile work. Tiles are obviously one of the major manufacturing exports from Valencia, from the Valencia region. I mean, the Moors were making ceramic tiles here over a thousand years ago. It's one of the great heritage of, of Valencia, you know, the ceramic industry. And they, and they sort of showcase that on the front of their houses. It's a real shame, though, because the town hall want to bulldoze a huge swathe through this area, through the Cabana. There is a, highway or something? Uh, if you go to the other side of the um, neighborhood, you'll find this big avenue called Blasco Ibanez, Blasco Ibanez Avenue, and they want to extend that through all the way through to the sea, which would, as I say, mean bulldozing this huge, an enormous sway through this historic fisherman's quarter. And I've actually, I've set my, the second of my crime novels around that, around the crisis in the Cabana, uh, because there are some gorgeous areas. I mean, beautiful old restaurants and bars and, you know, places that anywhere else you'd think they would be, any other city, they'd be pouring money into this to do it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. to turn it into another tourist attraction. Yeah, like uh, like the French Quarter in New Orleans. Okay, I don't know it, but yes. Yeah. It reminds me of it. Right, yeah. interesting. Um, they just, as I say, it's this kind of self-destructive side to Valencia. I think the, the mayoress here, who's been in power for a very long time now. It, she's, you know, she's got that to that stage that so many politicians 
do get when they've been in power for so long, they sort of become pharaonic in the sense of, you know, they want to impose their will and their, you know, their, their, their signature on the city that they've been in control of for so long. Yeah. So it's become a pet project for her and she's just not backing down. It's a real shame because they could become a, another, another tourist attraction for the city. It could be another reason for people to come and visit here. Well, it already is, if you, for me anyway. Okay, so the crime novels that you've written... So musical, eh? <laughs> Someone's... Uh, Considering coming to Spain, right? Once they get here, how would you recommend they uh, connect the city to your your books? Okay, I mean, there's a few areas that I think are worth visiting if you wanted to make that connection between the books and the city. The first is probably an area called Ruzafa, which is the old, uh, used to be the quarter where the Moorish governor of the city had his palace, just outside his summer palace, just outside the city um, gates. And hence the name um, Rusafa comes from uh, Rusafa, which was an old district outside Damascus. And they sort of use the same name for a similar district outside Cordoba and then here in Valencia. And it's a very diverse, quite funky part of town. Lots of immigrants have sort of moved in there. It's become a little bit gentrified recently, but it's sort of the Bohemian, one of the Bohemian quarters of town. And it's where my detective, Max Camara, is his name. Uh, Max Camara lives in Ruzafa. So that's one area, I think, to visit. The Bull Ring is another place to see because the first novel in the series um, is called All the Bull Kills You, which comes from an, uh, an old bullfighting proverb. Either you kill the bull or the bull kills you. He, that's, so the first novel is set in the world of bullfighting. It starts with the murder of Spain's greatest bullfighter. So Max Camara has to investigate that murder. And he, he hates bullfighting, like most Spaniards do. For him, a bullfighter is like, well, he's just as, almost like a murderer. So having to investigate the murder of a guy who just kills bulls for a living. So there's a sort of a tension there. So the bull, bull ring would be somewhere to visit. So is that right by the north station? The train station, yeah, station. that's right. Okay. That's right. The main, yeah, Close the, to downtown, right? Absolutely, yeah, center, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of the m more impressive bull rings in, in Spain. It's built like the Colosseum. It was actually modeled on the Colosseum in Rome. It's active. Bullfights there. Yeah, the main uh, bullfights in Valencia, is, they have some of the first bullfights of the bullfighting season in March, which is when the big fiestas are here in Valencia. They're called fallas. The big, in, I mean, it's more important than Easter and Christmas and all the other fiestas rolled into one. Fire festival, essentially, comes the rite of spring type thing. Huge numbers of fireworks, bonfires, firecrackers. I mean, the, the noise levels in the city are amazing on an ordinary day. If you come here in fallas in March, you you can literally blow your eardrums out. You have to be very careful. The noise is, is that, that loud. So the novel is set during Fayas, and that's when the main bullfights take place. There are more bullfights then in, in July as well. Do they still fight to the death? Mm. They do. Very much so, so yes. You can see uh, fountains of blood squirting out of these poor beasts. There can be a lot of blood sometimes in a bad bullfight. If there's a lot of blood, it's a bad bullfight. Because he hasn't done his job. Yeah, right. he hasn't done his job. Right. I mean, nobody nobody goes to a bullfight to see a bull suffer. You know, you can be against it, for or against it, but it, you know, no one who's interested in bullfighting really wants to see a bull suffer. They go there to see the spectacle and to see the bull die, but they want the bull to die cleanly, and it's all about um, how well the bull is fought and the, and the kind of the complex relationship that develops between bullfighter and bull the mastery of the, absolutely yeah uh, of it's not like bull baiting or no. old 
torturing animal type activities that were carried out in the Middle Ages. A bull is being hurt and is being killed in a public spectacle. So, you know, you have to take that on board. And for that reason alone, you know, millions of people around the world find it disgusting. But if you get in, if you start studying bullfighting, you realize it is, as I say, whether you're for or against it, it is quite complex. Mm -hmm. And it's considered an art form here. So the bullfighting reports are next to the ballet and opera reports in the newspaper. They're not in the sports pages. It's considered to be an art form. And, of course, Hemingway uh, dealt with it. Yeah. He was writing at a time when maybe non-Spaniards were more open to the idea of something like bullfighting. It was part of that time when Spain was sort of being seen as somewhere exotic, somewhere different, something somewhere a bit strange, and somewhere there was only a two-hour plane ride away for many Europeans, at least. You know, they didn't have to travel very far to suddenly be in this kind of strange, exotic country. Mm-hmm. And the government at the time, Franco's government, was very happy to promote that because they wanted you know, foreign money to come in to help the economy and stuff. So, so it was partly Hemingway kind of writing about this at the right time, obviously from the 1930s onwards. What kind of essence does he get at? What angle does he take? What, what does he get out of or try to deliver to the reader out of this spectacle? I think, I think for Hemingway it's all about the authenticity of, of a life lived to the edge. So you're kind of pulling away from the comforts of modern contemporary life. It, it's all like his big game hunting and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So it's yeah. partly this whole macho looking death in the face. And it's about, I think, for him not pulling away from that side of human existence, not trying to shove it under the carpet or pretend it doesn't exist. People nowadays seem to be... It's, it's very hard now to talk about bullfighting outside of Spain. Even within Spain now, it's becoming quite very, very controversial, actually. And, and bullfighting has now been banned in Catalonia, for example. It's, it's on the back foot. Hemingway was... It was about testing oneself, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that's one of his big themes, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he became very, very friendly with lots of bullfighters, and because he was already a massive name when he was here, and, um, you know, he was here reporting on the Spanish Civil War, spent a lot of time in Valencia. He spent a lot of time getting to know bullfighters here. I mean, Valencia is, you know, one of the great bullfighting centers of, of Spain. Is there a particular place that he used to hang out with the bullfighters that you're aware of? There's a restaurant just around the corner, right on the beach. You'll see photographs of Hemingway there with his friends. They he often used to go there and have a big paella, the photos of the king. This is a sort of celebrity paella restaurant, yeah, called La Pepica. La, La Pepica. Pepica. And sorry, just to come back to your original question about places to go to yeah. connect, connect with, the, with my books. Yes. The Carmen, I think just two other places to mention. The Carmen, uh, which is what people in Valencia call the old part of the city near the cathedral. Labyrinthine streets, it's sort of old gothic feeling part of the city. Lots of bars, lots of restaurants there, and it's it's the heart of the old part of Valencia. Various scenes take place there in the first novel. The, the denouement of the whole novel takes place in the Carmen. And it's also because I'm sort of exploring various themes like the whole Theseus legend, you know, obviously the connections with bullfighting, and then you've got um, Ariadne and the, and the sort of the, the web, the labyrinth, and all this kind of stuff. So all these things are sort of feeding into that first novel, and hence the sort of labyrinth of the Carmen okay. area as well. Did we get the name of that first novel? All the Bull Kills You. And then the second novel is based mostly here. The second novel is called A Death in Valencia, and it's based here in the Cabanal, where we're sitting now. I suppose, what, going to the restaurant, walking the place, yeah. drinking the drinks? I mean, is it Yeah, you, uh, absolutely. Well, this is the deal home. deal with food? Yeah, I do. The crime novels, yeah, a lot. This is the home of Paella. It's a real Paella comes from Valencia and the various faux pas that foreigners tend to make about paella when they come here. First of all, they try to have it for dinner. It's not a dinner 
dish, you have it for lunch. You have it, so it's a big, heavy lunchtime meal. And secondly, people tend to expect paella to have seafood in it, or fish, or to have be a mixture of chicken and seafood, and that's just not paella. Paella is made, Valencian paella, is made with chicken and rabbit and green beans and um, butter beans and sometimes it might have snails in it and rosemary and saffron. A countryside rather than a seaside. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are fish rice dishes. I think you have to realize that paella essentially has become a generic word. It is actually a specific word for a specific dish. With a specific kind of rice, too. Absolutely, yeah. Paella rice, which is grown just to the south of the city in the Albufera, which is this big kind of marsh lakeland area to the south. So you could have a paella de marisco or something like that yeah so you can have seafood in it and you know what have you but if you want the real thing you ask for it at lunchtime and expect it to have chicken and rabbit in it and green beans and butter beans other food I mean there's a typical drink Valencian drink called agua de Valencia Valencia water which is a kind of a souped up buck's fizz really so it's orange juice oranges this is Valencia's famous for its oranges um, and they are in delicious, they're very sweet, so you can have, it's sort of, so it's cava, which is like local champagne mixed with orange juice, and then it's kind of pepped up with things like Cointreau, vodka, pretty much anything the bartender has to hand at the time, and it's pretty powerful stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Tiger nut milk, it's famous for its tiger nut milk, if anyone's in, if you want to try something very strange, to most people's tastes, it's quite an odd drink, it's called horchata, it's made from tiger nuts, which again are grown just to the north of the city, and it's kind of ground up with, and it's got water and sugar and cinnamon in it, and it's tastes, I mean I like it, I like it but a lot of people I say, here try this, it's a local drink a local delicacy and it's uh, people go, ah, it, looks, it tastes like grass or it tastes like soil or something like that it's an acquired taste, right. but it's meant to lower your cholesterol, it's meant to be very very good for you so there you go. So that just compensates for all of the, uh, paella is not greasy but... There's a certain amount of oil in it yeah. But, yeah. they say the Mediterranean diet here is the best in the world, one of the healthiest in the world. Which means what? Lots of vegetables, lots of fish, lots of fruit and olive oil and reasonable amounts of meat. I mean they're trying to promote it as one of the world's great cuisines because it is meant to be so healthy for you. So you come here for the literary experience and for the culinary and to get better I suppose. Yeah sure I mean you know sea air, good food, great wines. Valencia wines used to be famous for being pretty awful. When I first got here, everyone, even the locals, said, whatever you do, just don't drink the local wines. <laughs> well, they mix it with they, uh, lemonade, it. don't they? They tend to... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, and so you'll use a bad wine. Yeah. But and now, it tastes great. Sweet, fizzy to drink. Yeah, 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 but it's very refreshing. I mean, now, Valencian wines, you, you wouldn't want to mix them because some, some Valencian wines are really fantastic. Like which ones? Well, there's one called Les Alcuses comes from it's about maybe it's about a 40 minute drive out of town okay. that's definitely worth trying if you can pick up a bottle of that and it, and the label is quite um, distinctive because it's got um, writing in old Iberian the old Iberian script which looks like very much like um, Nordic runes it's written in sort of got writing from a local stone that was carved in this script and they just put it on the on the label it's it's great it's a very good wine very good wine yeah. winding down then what else could someone who loves books loves literature and wants to incorporate that into their uh, Spanish experience this is Valencia is the home essentially of the Spanish Renaissance so 500 years ago this was the richest and most important city in Spain. It was part of the crown of, of Aragon. What they did, they, they were very clever, they set up the world's first diplomatic missions, effectively. 
they set up offices in various port cities around the Mediterranean, essentially just to kind of smooth over any problems there might be with um, trade, with, you know, because it's a very mercantile city. Yeah. And in fact, Valencians traditionally have a bit of a bad reputation in the rest of Spain. They're, you know, they're seen as being a bit dodgy. They're seen as being, you know, don't trust the Valencian. Right. Um, like the Welsh. Yeah, maybe, but not Dua. They're not Dua at all. They're kind of happy, party-going people. It's yeah. all very much today. Tomorrow doesn't exist. People outside Valencia will talk about Nactitud Fallero, so to do with Fallas. You have a, a little boy with some tricycle, uh, <laughs> some training wheels on there, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> and it's sort of this sense of um, here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Um, the other, I guess, the other thing is there's a town that's nearby that apparently. Uh, is home to the first papermaking mill. Shatiba or Khatiba. Khatiba. Yeah. or Shatiba in the, in this, how it's pronounced in the local language. Um, that was a very important city during Moorish times. And the Moors set up Europe's first paper mill there. The, the Arabs got paper making from the Chinese and eventually it reached this part of um, Europe. The first in Europe. The very first paper mill in Europe, yeah. And it was just down the road. Shatiba is very interesting, actually, even from, from a literary point of view beyond that as well, because there was a, perhaps one of the most important poets in Moorish Spain was a, a guy called Ibn Hazm. Ibn Hazm. Ibn Hazm. And he wrote a book called The Necklace of the Dove, or The, the Ring of the Dove. And it's a book about love, written in the 10th century. Ibn Hazm was originally, I think he was from Seville, but he, there was a civil war going on at the time. He'd come to Shatiba seeking refuge. And it was while he was in Shatiba that he wrote this very, very important book, very little known outside of, you know, by, by sadly, outside of, a, of an Arabic context. Um, but probably the, most, the single most important book of literature in Moorish Spain. And it's very important because it's about romantic love. It's a book. It's a sort of guidebook to, about love. Courtier. Yeah, exactly. And it's it is one of the inspirations for the courtly love movement in Europe, which kicks off about a hundred years later. So before, I mean, you have, we have to remember that before the courtly love movement started in Europe, the idea of romantic love just didn't exist. It really didn't exist. So it's through Spain, it's through Moorish Spain, and, the, and, and chivalry again is another one of these ideas that comes from the from the Arabs. Um, it's not a, it's not a Western concept. The Arabs had the, had ideas about chivalry dating back hundreds of years before it kicks off, sort of in the late 11th century, 12th century in Europe. So romantic love and chivalry very much go together, and the inspiration for that whole movement. It's right here in Shatiba, just about 45-minute drive from Valencia. Now, it's, sadly, you go to Shatiba and you won't see a single plaque, you won't see a single street name or anything to commemorate this hugely important role that it has in the, his the literary history of the world. But that's partly to do with the Spanish not being not recognizing their own Moorish heritage and not wanting to. So there's nothing there that, that commemorates the paper mill either? Or is no, 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 really? no. In fact, I don't think anyone knows where exactly it was. I see. Okay. The city's worth visiting because it's got a beautiful castle. Did it inspire uh, the book itself? The book, or was the book already written in his head and he just went there to do it? I, d I don't know. I don't right. know. But the fact is, you know, it makes me want to ring up the mayor of Shatterman and say, well, you know, why don't you just put up a, a, yeah, I mean, I know. maybe, you know, put up a statue or do something because, hey, you know, 
this is important. Well, in fact, that really is what literary tourism is, is about, connecting place with the imagination and celebrating celebrating it and also deriving layers of additional meaning that may not be there for most people who either live there or visit. The Greeks have you know, two words to talk about place. They have topos, hence from which our word topography, which I think is like the geographical, you know, actually you know, the physical geography of the place. And then they had an, an older word, I think, which is kora, which is to do with this kind of spirit of the place. It's like, you know, it's not just the physical geography. Yeah. It's what's there, it's the history, it's the culture, it's all these things which somehow I think we can perceive to an extent. We go to a place and we, we do get a, you know, we can talk about a vibe or something like that. Yeah. You know, I was in Normandy, in the beaches of Normandy a few months ago because I'm researching a book on the Second World War. And, you know, you, you do get a sense. You think, wow, this is a really beautiful countryside. But it's very depressing. You know, it's it just is. not a happy place. I, I felt exactly that when I walked on the beaches at Dieppe. Okay, right. Wow. Yeah, 3,000 3, dead yeah, or, yeah, or wounded. Yeah. Up. Absolutely. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. So let's not end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> let's end on uh, a more positive note, and that might be uh, where is this? crime series of yours headed and is it uh, are you going to move outside of Valencia the third novel will be coming out next year it's called The Anarchist Detective and that's set in Albacete which is about an hour and a half drive inland from Valencia but that because that's where my detective comes from Max Camara he's from Albacete the couple of chapters take place in Valencia he comes back to Valencia briefly but I'm going to bring him back to Valencia so it was just a sort of minor diversion off to his hometown before he comes back to Valencia. So yes, it's definitely a series that's set here, based here. And just finally, speaking of vibe, yeah. clearly you, you know the city. What is the vibe? I took a long time to write about Valencia. I was living here and writing about all kinds of other parts of Spain. In many ways, because it it's a difficult city to get the vibe off. I think places like Madrid, Barcelona, Seville, they're much easier to just kind of sum up maybe in a sentence. Valencia is more difficult in that sense. Because of what? It's diversity? or And how would you... I mean, this is spreading this... I'm stretching this a bit here, but you, you talk... I mean, I'm intrigued now. So yeah. How in, a, how in a sentence do you, do you summarize Madrid or Seville? Okay, well, Seville, I mean, you, you talk about... It's, it's flamenco, it's the Giralda, it's La Sevillana, the, the dresses they wear... Uh, the dance, you know, it's, it's the whole Andalusian thing. It's yeah. the capital of Andalusia. Madrid, it's the capital of Spain. It's the Prado Museum. It's the Chulos. That the Chulos are sort of typical Madrid-type people. They're very cocky. They're very sure of themselves. They're very. Yeah. It's the late nights. It's the bars. It's that whole Madrid nightlife thing. Barcelona, it's it's Catalonia, Catalan identity. It's the the, the famous saying is in Spain is that, you know everyone's happy in Barcelona if there's money in the purse they're, they're seen as being tight-fisted they have their eye on the on the next buck it's literary culture it's very much you know, it's the heart of the, the the publishing industry in Spain is Barcelona so it's kind of it's more European than Europe you know it's, and, and desperately trying to not be Spanish and you know so that's I'm, I'm taking much more than a sentence to sum it up and Valencia is 
more complicated because it's a little bit like Madrid. You know, the, the, the nightlife here is great, much better than, say, in Barcelona. Uh, you know, that whole late night thing is, is great and, and was even better years ago. Now it's kind of died, quietened down a bit, but that's, I think it's just kind of the recession and what have you. It's a little bit like Barcelona because it's on the Mediterranean. It's part of the old crown of Aragon. You know, so, so Spain was, you know, Castile and Aragon. This is sort of part of that whole... Catherine of Aragon? Catherine of Aragon, exactly. Yeah, Catherine, yeah. The famous Catherine Did she get her head cut off? No, she, 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 was, she got divorced, that's oh, right. Okay, she, okay. She, she, she missed out on that. <laughs> that's right, that right. experience. Okay. <laughs> so, so Valencia, so as I say, it's a little bit like Barcelona, but it's not like Barcelona. It's a little bit like Madrid, but it's not like Madrid. I think, how do you sum it up? It's... It, a little it, bit of everything. It's a, well, it's a little bit of anything, but uh, okay. But it has its own identity. Okay, it's it's paella, it's fallas, this big March fiesta. I can't underline that enough. It really just goes to the heart of of Valencia identity, which is bullfighting too. Yeah, it's bullfighting. Yeah, it's one of the big bullfighting centres in Spain, along with Madrid and Seville and various other places. It's this kind of attitude about they only caring about they only care about today. I, for me, it's like if I had to typify a Valencian, it would be like an 18-year-old kid who's just kind of. It's all just kind of about having fun, and they have no concept of that tomorrow might exist or that there might be consequences of what they do today, tomorrow, and that's kind of. It's sort of like live for the moment, and that's kind of fun. It's kind of wonderful. But for a lot of other Spaniards, it, it makes them superficial. A lot of a lot of other Spaniards will, will say that Valencians are corrupt, superficial, a bit flash, a bit nouveau riche, and sort of lacking in. Certainly, Catalans will look down on Valencians as not being quite as cultured and sophisticated as, as they like to think they are. And they're not entirely wrong, but they are. But it's a cliche, and like with all cliches, there's a little bit of truth in there, but there's, it's not all true. It sounds like a fabulous place to visit. It's a great. It is. Yeah. A, it is a wonderful place. I love Valencia. I've been living here for ten years or more now, and actually, I've, I'm, I'm now certain that I wouldn't want to live anywhere else in Spain. Is there? Because you know, Barcelona, it takes itself a little bit too seriously, and it's a bit too big, and there's a, there are too many tourists, and it's a little. It's just a bit overwhelmed now. Madrid is not a pretty city. The people are wonderful, but it's not. You know, it, it, the summers are unbearably hot. The winters are unbearably cold. Um, and it's a okay place to visit. Yeah, okay, maybe for you guys in Canada. It's, this is, <laughs> I'm talking from a European perspective. <laughs> and Valencia, it's a great base. If you want to have a fun place to live, not overwhelmed by tourists, and it's a kind of city you can walk around. And I walk around, it feels like a village. I walk, I, every time, I mean, I live just slightly outside the city these days, but whenever my wife and I come in to town, we always, always, always bump into people, old friends. It's like walking into a village and you just say, hey, look, there's Juan, there's Pep, you know, Paco, there's whoever, you know, it just, it just happens. So it's friendly, they're friendly people, and it's, yeah, it's a good place, and the weather's nice, and the food is fantastic. Well, thanks so much for uh, giving us such a literate and uh, <laughs> literary and comprehensive overview of it. It's great. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks very much. I'll be speaking to uh, Jason Webster, who is the author most recently of... A Death in Valencia is the most recent book, crime novel to come out. Yeah. Published by St. Martin's Minotaur in the US, published by Random House in the UK and Canada. Thanks again. Thank you very much.